You're at the Coaching Inn, 3D Coaching's virtual pub where we enjoy conversations with people who are engaged in the world of coaching. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Coaching Inn. And it's a delight today to be in the co- in the company of Katie Lewis, who has written a most amazing book with her friend Matthew Stafford called Find Your Nine Others, The Questions to Ask Yourself as You Start Up and Scale Up. This one's for everyone, folks, because either you're coaching people who are starting up or you're starting up yourself. So welcome, Katie. Thank you, Claire. It's great to be here. Uh Tell us your story as a human, just for a couple of minutes, so we get to know you a bit. Sure. So I am from New Zealand, um, and I immigrated to the UK in 2007 after my university studies. And very typical of the time, it was the you know overseas experience that the New Zealanders take. And I said to my mum, I'll see you in 18 months. And that is whatever that is now, 15, 16 years later. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed uh, setting up life in London, but it was really the sort of into the first two or three years that I kind of found my groove when it came to work. And I started working in um, venture capital. So I spent about four years working in early stage investment. And it was through that experience that I met Matthew, my co-founder of Nine Others and co-author author of the book. And um during that time, our, Matthew was working for a different investment firm to me, but our companies were uh, part of a consortium delivering investment readiness training for early stage entrepreneurs. And in most instances, those people were going about the fundraising journey for the very first time. So it was all about demystifying how to prepare your business to raise external uh, equity investment. And we, as part of that process, we were tasked with um, making introductions from a, a appropriate investors to entrepreneurs. Yeah. And so we did so by a variety of means that you can imagine. But we clicked on this idea of running uh, dinners where we would bring a handful of investors, a handful of companies that were, you know, loosely connected and aligned. And they would you know, have a very successful meal. There was lots of interesting conversations. It was, I think it sort of took some of the pressure off the entrepreneurs a wee bit because they were there with their peer group. Uh, and likewise, the investors were able to sort of talk about the different opportunities that they saw in the businesses they were meeting. But it used to frustrate me that, you know, at the end of the night, at the end of the kind of formal part of the evening, the entrepreneurs would be in one corner, the investors in the other. And it was sort of like the old school disco, um, you know, formula. And um, I remember saying to Matthew, you know, these people have been bugging me to meet these investors. What are they doing? Why are they kind of, you know, now off having this conversation in the corner? And I think it happened often enough over several of these meals that um, it became a bit of a, a rhythm. And I thought, actually, you know what? There's something happening here. There's an opportunity for these founders where they've sort of, been part of the business, they've done the business of pitching their idea, having the formal conversations. And now they're actually, they're recognizing in each other that they've all had to be very vulnerable. They've all had to come forward and sort of, you know, sell themselves, sell their business. And um, in that, they've kind of found a peer group where they can talk about other things. You know, they've done the investment part of the evening, 
now they can talk about other things that are going on within their businesses. And similarly, actually, for the investors as well, it was, you know, reasonably unique at that time for the investors to have the space to come together to, to talk about the deal flows and opportunities that they were seeing. And so it was sort of through that um, process that we recognised a sort of a need from the entrepreneur community. And we decided, Matthew and I decided that that was the community that was closest to our hearts and that we wanted to, you know, serve. And so that led us to kick off our first Nine Others dinner with entrepreneurs around the table back in um, 2011. Wow. Wow. And the thing I love most about your book, Katie, is that you have 23 pages of <laughs> of people's names who've been, I'm guessing, your teachers, your friends, your connections. Yeah, they're all of the people who've attended a Nine Others dinner over the 10 years that it took for us to write uh, the book. So wow. they're the participants of the meals. So the Nine Others community is a global community. We've now had around 5,000 people come to our dinners. Um, and so we wanted to, you know, the nine, nine Others in itself doesn't operate without, you know, the people that turn up and contribute, you know, very openly yeah. about the different challenges that they're facing. Wow. So what do you want entrepreneurs or aspiring entrepreneurs to hear? <laughs> what do I want them to hear? Well, I think the, one of the most important assets that you can work to and um, contribute to to building is your network. I think that's so important. But I think often entrepreneurs are so busy doing so many things, they're having to wear so many different hats at any one time that it can be seen as being a, <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> it can be seen as being a bit of a nice to have to spend time going out and networking. But actually, it can be so valuable if you start to build your network before you need it. So you need to be able, if you're looking at building a network of people, whether that's you're wanting to um, build a network of potential investors, key hires, potential staff, of partners, of customers, then you really need to be able to invest into those relationships and turn up and give of yourself before you need to turn to those people and ask them for something. So I don't see it as a nice to have or a fluffy um, side, you know, side activity. I think spending time each week thinking about what am I doing today to either contribute to my network that I've been building or build the network that I sort of think I need in the future. Um, I think that's a really important thing for everyone to be spending time on. Yeah, it's giving. And there's that beautiful chapter about um who am I going to help today? What a great yeah. question. <laughs> yeah. Who can help me? <laughs> yeah, exact, exactly. I think, you know, that's that's exactly what we've seen. It's the people who go to give. And, um, you know, we talk in the book about it being like a bank account. You know, you've sort of got to be able to make your deposits uh, into the network and add value. And then, and then, of course, you're in a very strong position that when you need something, you can go and make that withdrawal and ask of people. And they're going to be so much more willing to help. And quite often people think, well, I don't know, what do, what can I, what can I give? What can I do? You know, um, but even turning up and listening, you know, being able to give people the space to talk about what it is they're working on, what things they're coming up against, you know, and ask questions about how they've come up with that 
um, you know, concept or what their background was that led them there. I think those sorts of things is, is also contributing to building those relationships. It can be softer things. It doesn't have to be transactional. Yeah. Being a connected human. Yeah. It's so important, isn't it? We hear it all the time across all um, areas of society. But I think particularly in the entrepreneur society, when people are um, you know, setting up businesses themselves, whether it is first or second or third time around, it can feel very lonely when you're that um, founder, even if you're a co-founder. Um, you know, it can feel like a lonely journey if you don't have someone that you can sort of share the ups and downs with. And quite often, some of the challenges that you're facing are with those key people in the business. So how do you also sort of address address those and having a network to go to people who've been through it before or or even just six, 12 months ahead of you on the journey can be really valuable. Yeah. So what made you decide to write the book, Katie? So it was really the 10 year mark. So um, in 2021, we hit 10 years of running nine others. And, I, and in the beginning of the setting up the business, Matthew always had a document in our Google Drive that was called the book. And, um, you know, every now and again, he'd sort of think, oh, that's something we should put, in, you know, one day we'll write a book and we should put that story in the book. And I think it really was the moment of hitting 10 years. We were like, wow, nine, running nine others has never felt like work. It's always sort of been our side, our side hustle, the, the meals in particular. Um, but it felt like something quite momentous that, you know, we'd sort of achieved continuing to turn up ourselves and the community turning up for, you know, that, that amount of time. And so I think it was a great opportunity for us to capture not only the things that we've learned ourselves in setting up and running the business for, for 10 years, but also some of the highlights, some of the experiences of our, of the network. And we wanted to do that for two key reasons. One, we started to recognize, and particularly during COVID was a time where we started to see this, that with people moving, you know, some people moving further out of course, big cities or moving abroad for different work experiences, then being able to kind of share the nine others experience with a much wider community became really important to us. So at the moment you get the experience if you if you can turn up and there's a dinner running in your uh, local city, then you can turn up and participate. But that is only in London, it's once a month and it's for 10 people, yourself and nine others. Yeah. And so we wanted to be able to share the, the experiences and then the insights broader than that. So that was sort of motivation um, number one. And then secondly, um, we wanted to also provide some inspiration for the new wave of entrepreneurs from people who were were that six, 12, 18 months ahead of them in the journey. So, so many business books that you read today, which are incredibly valuable, are of people who are writing it, you know, 10 years past the fact, 20 years past the yeah. fact, and they're looking back with rose-tinted glasses, perhaps, and, you know, the Steve Jobs quote that all the dots connect when you look backwards. We thought it would be really valuable to be for people to be able to learn from those who are still part, you know, creating the pathways, still building, still in the hustle, but have made some momentous step in that journey. What a gift. <laughs> so what's your dream? So you have your dinners. What's yes. your dream for the book? What do you want it to do? 
Oh, well, I would love for it to kind of continue to inspire the next wave of entrepreneurs to have the confidence to set up and start up their their business ventures in whatever guise that looks like. Again, you know, there can be a lot of chatter, particularly within the tech community, that that really needs to be, you know, sort of a, oh, you've got to be going all in, you've got to be going for a unicorn and you've got to raise VC and you've got to do X, Y and Z. But it's so incredibly valuable that we have people who take the step have the confidence to build a business that employs themselves, employs a few others, is sustainable, brings in revenue, um, you know, creates um, profit or an opportunity for that person and whatever guys that looks like for them. And so I think that's sort of my key, you know, absolutely key driver is to encourage that next wave of entrepreneur to recognize you don't have to follow one particular route to be called, you know, a founder, an entrepreneur, or, you know, to start up a business. And I'm sure you see that a lot within your coaching work, that motivation within people, you know, can I do it? Should I do it? You know, um, and of course you can. You've just got to take that first step. It doesn't have to be as scary as uh, it might it might seem. Um, and then I think it's also about really encouraging people to be helpful to each other. So being able to encourage people to have those conversations of how can I help you or, or help, I need help, you know, and yeah. reaching out to people in their communities and seeing you know, through asking questions, through um, you know, being being connected, can can support you and give you back, you know, much more than what you could ever uh, expect. Yeah, and what you're describing is not can I be your coach and will you be my first client? Is it? It's 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 let's connect, let's give, let's receive, let's let's have fair exchange for no money. Yeah, I think yeah, and I think things can definitely turn you know, transactional and commercial, yeah. absolutely. But I think that starting point of, um, you know, asking questions, getting to know each other, um, you know, is really important. And I don't, having worked with, you know, several different coaches myself, you know, and, and imagine that in building those relationships and asking those first coaches those types of questions, then you're going to start to have some wee aha moments of, not not only the language that you use to talk about your business and what you're wanting to do, but also hearing it back from your kind of ideal customer as to what they want and what they're looking for. So again, that's, you know, the softer sort of skills of that value exchange um, is really important. Yeah, yeah. So I know that people often hate networking meetings, you know, <laughs> the kind of I'm going to come and I'm going to, it's like a blind speed dating event and... I'm going to give you my elevator pitch. I'm absolutely believing that nine other dinners are not like that. <laughs> well, we had a fantastic um, quote that I'll never, I'll never forget. Alex Knapp um, sort of sharing as a, you know, a self-proclaimed introvert that he finds the nine others um, format to be a supportive environment for people who don't like networking. So <clears throat> this is not me just saying it. Um, I think other people have said that the format can really work for them. But what and why we think that is, is most often people will have either met the host or met and say in London, Matthew or myself, in some guise. It might be that we've been introduced over email, we've had a call, or we've met for coffee, or, you know, in the past we've worked with your startup. And, or nowadays, you know, a good few years in, they've been introduced to the Nine Others concept by someone else they know and trust. So there's already that kind of understanding of what you're going to, to to expect. And we also ask people, you know, to contribute to the costs of the meal, 
So you pay for your, you buy a ticket to attend and we ask you to come to give. So we ask you to say, you know, we want you to turn up to a nine others dinner to contribute your thoughts and challenges and questions to the others around the table. And in doing so, you'll receive insights and, you know, thoughts for yourself. So I think there's sort of that mindset when people walk in the room that they're, they're there to, you know, actively connect with people, but also that in doing so, they'll gain some, some value, some unknown value at this point in time. Mm. But with the format of the meal is that we typically spend, you know, 20 or so minutes while everyone's arriving. We'll then sit down around the table. There's no hierarchy. Um, you sit anywhere you like. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> Um, there's, there's no hierarchy, so you sit anywhere you like around the table, and then we have sharing food that comes out. So there's big platters of food around the table, and that was one of those ways of sort of breaking some ice. So you're not sat there thinking, you know, head down with your plate of food in front of you. You're having to reach across the table, pass, share things, see if the other person's got what across the table's got what they need, and we sort of find that that's a really nice kind of icebreaker to then getting into, right, introductions, short introductions, who are you, what do you do? And then we go back around the table and ask, what's keeping you up at night? What are the challenges that you're facing while building your your business? And it's amazing. We spend five, ten minutes on each person with all the others from completely different perspectives, not knowing all of the nitty-gritty of the background and what happened yesterday or what have you. You know, sharing their perspectives, their thoughts, their experiences on the challenges that you're facing. And it's not about providing the right answer. Or, you know, it's about giving people a variety of insight to say, actually, well, that doesn't feel quite so right for me, but this this piece of advice really does, or this piece here could really add some value, and this is really interesting, and I'd like to, you know, pursue that path and understand if that's the right um, solution for me. So being vulnerable straight away... <laughs> Yes. Yeah. And really like about building and sort of fast tracking a wee bit of that building of trust. Mm. And I think one of the interesting things that we've seen as well as we, we put on a couple of glasses of wine for people, you know, um, and when we started, we used to put on the equivalent of sort of half a bottle of wine <laughs> per person. <laughs> and, and, you know, and we would, and we would, people would drink that, uh, you know, that would be sort of shared throughout the, the night. And we thought that that was part of the process of, you know, a bit of Dutch courage or what have you. But now we find that people, I think, again, a societal change, perhaps people aren't drinking as much. So, you know, it just goes to show you don't necessarily need the glass of wine in order to to break through, but you need the environment where you feel, you know, that people um, are expecting you, that you feel like you're part of something when you walk in the door and then you sort of, um, you know, contributing um, straight away. And, be yeah, being vulnerable is your first kind of interaction with nine others is, asking for help and an equality yeah exactly exactly yeah sounds beautiful so tell us some of your good news stories what difference has nine others made oh wow oh I think we've done all sorts of different things so we have um introduced people who've gone on to be sort of first employees um at businesses we've had uh, investments made from people who've been sat next to each other or met through a dinner, which is fantastic. Um, we had a story recently of a company that had 
um, come into a dinner, they thought they were had great traction at sort of you know conversion rates of thirty odd percent, and then they were given some insights and bits of advice that then enabled them to increase that to sort of 80% conversion, you know, sort of almost unheard of um, sort of numbers. But, you know, and, and I think the kind of honesty of that would be them saying, oh, we thought we were doing really well. And, you know, being able to actually take on that next piece of advice unlocked actually a whole nother layer of value. But I think some of the, you know, the stories that we can't, we don't necessarily have all the um, stats and numbers to are the softer stories where people have become friends become bridesmaids and at people's weddings, you know, visit each other when they're traveling around the world. And I think that's really, for me, that's the really important part. And I think that a lot of that comes from, you know, my background of moving from New Zealand to the UK and sort of having to start completely from scratch in terms of building a community and network of people um, around you. I really do understand the value of being able to connect with like-minded people and build a deeper, you know, using nine others as the jumping off point to build a deeper relationship with someone. Wow. So, yeah, so, so much connecting in what you're saying. And that's one of the issues, isn't it, of starting out, the isolation, the loneliness. Yeah, absolutely. It can feel, and and that's all part of it, actually, because you are, you know, in most instances, starting out something new means either you're committing to a new way of working or you're discovering a new you know, solution or process or um, product to address a problem that you felt, felt or that you've seen. And so in, purely sometimes by the nature of starting, you're already doing something either against the grain or that's different. And so, you know, you, you can sort of isolate yourself in that way if you're not careful but I think it's so important then that people recognize that this is it's a journey. And actually, one of the super interesting um, lessons I've learned on my coaching journey is that it's a, it is a journey of entrepreneurship and it's not about the destination. So you have to you have to, in order to be a founder and to you know run a, a business, you need to be able to get really comfortable within yourself that within a day, within a morning, you might have. You know, you might wake in the best of mindsets that like, great, this is the day we're going to like absolutely smash it. We've got an excellent meeting coming up. And, you know, the first email might hit your inbox and it's like a massive downer or you uncover something, a piece of work that someone's done that isn't quite up to what you were wanting or up to scratch. It's off brand or, or whatever it might be. And, you know, it's that constant roller coaster. So finding that way and, and that needs to be a kind of whole you know, toolkit of things that enable and support you as a founder um, and finding what those different things are for you is really then about supporting the, the journey and the day-to-day of, you know, in, uh, being able to recognise the ups and downs, manage your own expectations and, um, you know, be be very present in that experience. Because otherwise, if you're constantly sort of you know, in the feeling like you're in the trenches, you can, you know, it can just all pass you by because it can be years of being in the trenches, you know. Yeah. 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 Space to, to be is a really important, a really important thing. So I've had a look at your book (laughs) and I'm, I'm going to pass it around my team because I think it's so brilliant. Wonderful. Thank you, Claire. What are the themes that you want people to be paying attention to? in finding their nine others as they start up and scale up? 
I think the themes are really around you know, as the book starts, it's around looking at your why. Why are you doing this? What is your key motivation? And um, it doesn't necessarily need to be about some big payout at the end, but it might be about the cha- a change in lifestyle that running your own business can afford you and your family or what have you. So, Or addressing a problem, being very motivated to address a particular challenge in society or problem that people have. So there's a whole variety of reasons and I think sometimes founders can get can become connected with the why of their business, which is very, very important, but you also need to understand what that why is for you personally. So I think once you've got those, th- once you've sort of understood that and you have to be able to spend the time, it takes time. It's not just a kind of, the, 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 quite often it's not one of those things that just comes to you in the shower or when you're out for a run. You've really got to kind of be able to dig into those questions and ask yourself, you know, the different layers of what, of, of why. Hmm to be very connected with that. And that has to ring true with your gut. So we talk a lot about this, about this sort of, we have our own 65% rule, but I think it has to really feel, you have to really feel it in yourself because no one else is going to reinforce that for you. No one else is waking up motivated to tell you why you're getting up at you know 5.30 because you know, you've got to prepare for a board meeting or a, a client pitch or whatever it might be. Um, you know, you've got to feel really connected with that why and um, and feel it, you know, in, in yourself. And you can't kid yourself that way. You, you know, you either feel it or you don't. So I think that's really, really important and continuing to connect with that on your journey. And then I think the second thing is around the power of the network. You know, mm-hmm. I think, it, I mean, that is really instrumental to the book. That's instrumental to my own journey. That's instrumental to the power of nine others is that, you know, so often it can be undervalued than the investment that you can make in networking and turning up for each other. But the opportunity for those serendipitous payback moments um, or the moments where you're most in, in the trenches and you need that help really um, can pay back. So, you know, tenfold, a hundredfold, um, you know, once you've really spent the time building your network. And in building your network, it might take you, you know, months to work out exactly where the types of people that you're you know needing to or wanting to connect with hang out and so you've got to try a lot of things you know I think we talk about lighting a lot of fires you've got to get out there try you know coffee mornings or evening pitch events or um conferences or whatever it might be and you and you need to sort of put yourself out there put your head above the parapet be prepared to talk about what you're doing and but and spend the time and invest the time in doing that, and then take the opportunity at the end to sort of recognise, well, you know, was this was this where I could add value? Is this where I was meeting people that you know are like minded or that I could help, or um, you know, are on the similar sort of path to me, or are the people that I recognise I'm going to need connections with in the future? Um, so taking that time to to recognise that as well. Um, I built some of my network in the playground. Well, there you go. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> really, can happen anywhere at yeah. yoga, at, in the playground. Um, absolutely. I hired. I met a designer. Other yeah. people who were uh, who were creating their businesses in that in that way. Yeah, brilliant. So it brilliant. doesn't matter where it is, does it? But it does no. matter that they're people who are not clones. Yes. Yes, exactly. Yes, quite right. And I do recognize that when we sort of say, you know, like minded, I think it's about 
you know that you're going to, on a similar journey or that you but you yes exactly you're not um a clone of, of each yes. other yes like-minded not like skilled yes exactly yeah. exactly yeah. Yes. yes similar mindset yeah. to what you're wanting to to achieve or do absolutely which is why for coaches hanging out only with coaches isn't necessarily a great idea because we need to be hanging around with people who aren't coaches who do completely different things Absolutely. Getting different experiences and understanding the perspectives of those people. You know, what is the what are those trigger points um, that your clients might be having? Yeah, we had a buddy in our office. They ran a stationery company. Oh, very good. Excellent. Very helpful. Uh, That was a great. They did happen to supply our stationery, but actually that wasn't the value of the relationship. The value of the relationship was a sounding board, a place to talk about running their business. Yeah. Yeah, I can believe it. I think it's also why co-working, you know, has such a value, yes. is so valuable because it does yeah. give you that, those opportunities, those moments for bumping into someone yeah. or, you know, having, you know, almost forcing the forcing a conversation, encouraging a conversation around, oh, can you pass me that? Or, oh, is the coffee machine broken? Oh, not again. You know, those sorts of just day-to-day things, isn't it? It is just day-to-day, as you say, you know, like the playground, like around the yeah. coffee machine or the water cooler or. Yes. And actually, that's reminded me of a that somebody else was an investor in that stationery company. And uh, they used to work for a cereal company. And they told me some amazing stories about how to get feedback at work, which have been really useful for us and really useful for others. Brilliant. Um, yeah. So, yeah, very interesting. So what else do people need to do? So they need to find their network, know their why. They need to know their why. Um, what else do they need to do? Um, I think they need to be able to. Um, oh, that's a good question. What else do they need to do? Um, I'm sure there's lots of things. I think being able to um, finding your network, contributing to your network. I think main, you know we talk a lot about them maintaining your network. That takes time and effort to continue, you know, developing it um, and feeding back into it once you've, you know, built the relationships of the different people that you need. Um, but I think also then some of the other key things outside of like the network itself are then, you know, very personal. So once you've sort of, you know, found your why and um, you're developing your, you know, new venture, then you really have to also be able to be sort of disciplined and resilient I think those are the two key personality traits or two key traits that we see that we've seen time after time uh, in people who've been building businesses so it's not there's so many external forces that come into into play and um, when we look back at the founders who've who've you know overcome things overcome challenges whether that's business challenges whether that's personal challenges you know macro market challenges uh, they're continuing, continuously demonstrating those two key personality traits. So they're incredibly disciplined in their approach, whether that's taking on feedback and how they, um, you know, show up for themselves, and then they're resilient in terms of how they, you know, bounce back up and um, do get up and go again and and see that. And I think that comes back to the point of, you know, recognizing the ups and downs of the journey. And that it's not about a, a destination. It's about how can you, you know, set yourself up for success in order to 
really be able to um, continue to show up as a founder, as an entrepreneur in in the day to day grind yeah. <laughs> of building of building a business. Yeah. Wow. So many interesting things. Readers, uh, listeners, you need to read the book. Uh, find your nine others. The questions to ask yourself as you start up and scale up by Katie Lewis and Matthew Stafford. Available from all online book goodie places. Exactly. How do people find out about your dinners, Katie? So they can visit nineothers.com. It's number nineothers.com. And, and on there, we have a newsletter that they can sign up to. And we um, release the different dates uh, of the upcoming meals um, on a sort of biweekly uh, basis. So every other week, we send out a newsletter that shares the details of either what we're reading or news from the network and also the upcoming uh, dinners that we're hosting, whether that's in London or other cities around the world. Wow. Wow. I want to come. Yes, Claire, you're so welcome. <laughs> Absolutely welcome to come along. <laughs> We'd Sounds love to amazing. Well, Katie, thank you so much for coming to the coaching in. Lots and lots of food for thought. Well worth a read, lovely listeners. Um, and uh, lots of food for thought from this conversation. Thank you, Katie. Thank you, Claire. I've appreciated it. Bye-bye, everyone. If you've enjoyed what you've heard today, we'd love you to share the podcast with a friend or leave a comment on social media. And if you'd like to become a regular at The Coaching Inn, you can subscribe on Podbean and all major podcast channels. We look forward to welcoming you next time. You've been listening to The Coaching Inn, 3D Coaching's virtual pub. For more information, check out 3dcoaching.com.